Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. And let's just take a couple moments here to put aside the things that are going on that are calling at our attention and just let's rest. Let your soul fall back into the arms of your spirit where it belongs and just accept that life that's coming that you already have within you. This is something that the more time you spend with God, you'll find the answers are coming from within. From God, through your spirit, to your soul. The more we can become comfortable with that, learning to hear his voice, learning how to test what we hear, being patient with ourselves and with others, being okay with making mistakes and recognizing that we're, we each have our own path that we're on, but they all lead to oneness in Christ, oneness in God, oneness in ourselves, spirit, soul, and body. How we get there, we're all on our own path. Now it's fine to that we compare ourselves to others for reference sake to learn from one another but it's never about competition or God's preference oh God likes this person and that's why they have a better anointing or a bigger ministry or bad things never happen to them there's no way of evaluating how you're doing except by asking God. So often we do think that, okay, if we're in the center of God's will, then nothing bad will be happening to us. We'll be happy and all our circumstances will be great. Let me just assure you that that's not true. You can be right in the middle of a victory and be experiencing depression. Everything going wrong around you. But because you're depending on God to bring the healing, the teaching, the power, whatever is necessary to to accomplish that changing of your soul reunion of your soul with your spirit as long as we keep in mind that's the goal not for pleasantness in this earth that's not the goal our goal is that we would be one spirit soul and god spirit soul and body here on this earth we've talked before about how that's we, we don't have many examples of that, if any, other than Christ himself. 
And even he had to learn obedience through the things he suffered. It wasn't, okay, he came and he knew exactly what to do. He had to learn. That was part of the process of him having a soul and a body here on this earth. This is being here as a spirit being with a soul and with a body. There's things that we are to learn and experience that can only be learned, I think, maybe not. Maybe what we're learning here can also be learned elsewhere. But we don't know what came before our life here. And we don't know what comes after. We really don't. We may think we do. We may have our fingers crossed and hope. And we we have all these people having these experiences of heaven. I wouldn't put that much reliance on that. Because when you became a spirit being, spirit is eternal. That's not a quality of time. Eternal life is not more life. It's something totally separate than the life we're experiencing here. So to just think that heaven or eternal life or whatever comes next is more of what we've got here, I think is to misunderstand the nature of God. Eternal life is him. And he is eternally creative. And eternally changing yet staying the same. His nature, we have so little grasp of his true nature, his true character, what spirit really is. And part of that is because we judge, we evaluate the spirit and the spiritual according to our own understanding, which is so limited by our natural experience and our solical experiences even within the supernatural realm. Which brings us back to why why do we look at supernatural experiences, supernatural manifestations? Because they start to talking about them and wanting them and asking for them and recognizing them starts to begin the process of reuniting our solical senses with what's already going on around us. When you're asleep, for instance, nothing changes around you in the physical realm. Even, for instance, if you fall asleep and leave the lights on, the lights don't magically turn off because you've fallen asleep. They're still on. Things are still going on in the outside. Still things are going on in the next door. Because you are not aware of them doesn't mean they're not going on. It's the same with the supernatural. Just because you're not aware of them right now, and there's so much going on in the supernatural realm around you, 
around you right now. Angelic, demonic, whatever else happens to be there. That's the thing is we have such a limited understanding about the soul, how the soulical fits in and interprets and engages with the supernatural realm. But your soul, that's the realm it's part of. There's In the supernatural realm, there's more than your soul. There's, again, also the angelic and demonic, at least, probably more. But your soul does not have power and authority in the spirit. Your spirit has the power and authority in your soul and over your soul and in and over the natural realm. So as we start to ask the Lord for supernatural experiences, and last week we talked about asking him how much time to spend with him and if this was even for you, if this was something that, you know, the timing was right. And if it's not, fine, just skip this altogether. Don't feel like you're going to miss out on something. You can always come back, but it's much more important to be following and cooperating and enjoying the process that God has you in. Again, we're all on our own path. And as we talk about some of these supernatural manifestations At this point in time, we're not going to get real deep. We're not going to get into real great detail because I want you to learn from the Lord. And there are so many books out there and there are so many, you know, conferences and, you know, you name it. You you can always find something and someone to, to tell you what suits your situation. And so much of what suits our situation is regarding our beliefs. If you believe that God blesses you for certain things, you're going to seek seek those certain things, like ministry or having an impact on your community or how often you go to church. If you think God is impressed by that, that's what you're going to seek after. And our goal here is to remember that's not, that's not what impresses God. God is already as impressed with you as he's ever going to get. You are never going to please him more than you already do. Hopefully that lifts a weight off your shoulders. You don't need to make him happy. You don't need to honor him or glorify him. He does that for himself. He's not somewhere in heaven saying, oh, nobody's honoring me, nobody's glorifying me. He doesn't need a glory fix. He glorifies himself. He honors himself through us. And in your spirit, if you've been born again, you are already joining in that process of honoring and glorifying him. So your soul that will be something that starts to happen is you will begin to appreciate and enjoy the presence and and value God's presence 
more and more as your soul is reunited with your spirit. It it will automatically happen. You don't need to stop and wonder, okay, I'm, I, it's, I haven't prayed today. I haven't glorified God. I haven't told three people about him. None of that matters. Is as you partake of him internally, spirit, soul, and body, if and when he chooses to share himself through you, you'll be ready. And you may not even know it. You may not even know the effect you have on someone. Probably better that you don't. I like the example, if you're sitting at at dinner with the Lord and he says, pass the salt, you just pass the salt. You don't think anything big of it. You just, this is something he asked you to do, so you pass the salt. It's, you know, manners. It's what we do. Likewise, if he says, raise the dead, we raise the dead. It's just he asks us to do something, we do it. It's not a big deal. But it's because we're spending time with him. We're supping with him. We've let him in. He's, he's now part of us, and we are part of him. And we, we understand the process. We may not know all the little details, and sometimes that's best, that we don't understand all the little details. But knowing that he has your circumstances every single day, every single moment of your day has been orchestrated, the circumstances orchestrated to bring you into a greater relationship with him. And remind yourself sometime about what the gifts of the Spirit are and ask the Lord, okay, and, and the, the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, what are the, what are the fruit that really would satisfy me in this circumstance. You know, we really have no comprehension of what God's idea of love is or joy or gentleness or peace. We we come up with descriptions of these, but they're all based on our solical experiences and to some degree our natural experiences. But Spiritually speaking, when we are truly, when our soul is truly one with spirit, our soul is not going to be able to contain on its own the true fruit, the true nature and character of God that are expressed in the, what we call the fruit of the spirit, the, the outcome of being united with him. And we are the first partakers of that fruit. And that fruit is what satisfies us. Knowing him, being the beneficiaries of God doing his work in our soul, that our soul, united with our spirit, is now bearing fruit that we get to enjoy first. You don't have to talk God into doing something for you. You don't need to talk him into doing anything on your behalf or to you. He knows what you need because he gave you those needs. Nothing you've ever done has surprised him. He's never 
said, oh, my gosh, I didn't see that coming. And he never says, well, what are they asking me for? Why can't they take care of it themselves? He's created the needs you have because he wants to fulfill them. You know, that's the thing with with Adam and Eve. They didn't have any needs. So they never experienced God meeting those needs. They'd always have been met. You and I just have no concept of what that must have been like. But now he tells us, taste and see that the Lord is good. Not figure it out, not, you know, not know, but taste by experience. It's experiencing God, taking him up on what he wants to do in our lives, what he wants to do in your life, that will bring that fruit, that will bring the experience, that will bring the satisfaction and the healing and the whatever victory you may need. So we let him do his thing and understand that most of the time, you know, when we think he's working on this thing over here, this little habit maybe or anger or memory that you just can't get over, odds are really, really good that he's using that as a distraction. And keep keep doing that, keep being distracted. But odds are really good he's over on the other corner. He's looking for the big knot, that once he unknots that knot, everything else starts to fall into place. That wound is healed. The lies you believe about yourself, about God, about others, his truth just just vaporizes those lies. And you can begin to let go and settle down. Now change is hard. This is one of the things our soul is always working to do, is even, even things getting better can be scary. And so our soul won't let ourselves hope or want more, want better, because change is scary. But God wants us to embrace change, embrace the newness of life, embrace the mysterious and the new and the misunderstood. This is one of the reasons going, embracing the supernatural helps us, our soul stretch beyond its own control mechanisms. Because as we start to accept that not only the supernatural realm is real, but the spiritual realm and that God wants us to experience both of those, we can let go of our soul as a crutch. Our coping mechanisms, our flesh as a crutch. We don't need to be in control. We can let God be God and let him express himself into our spirit, through our spirit, into our soul, into our body, and then through, if he chooses. But if he doesn't, that's fine, too. Whatever God wants to do is fine. 
But there's that simplicity of devotion to Christ, not to his calling, not to our purpose, but to him, knowing him and letting, be, letting him be the God. It, it, very, it doesn't turn out well when we try to tell God what to do. We have a real hard time with prayer. You know, we think, okay, that's what, what prayer is for, is to tell God what to do. Bless this person, help that person, heal this person. You know, I think he knows what's going on in their lives, and he cares about them a lot more than we do. Well, then what is prayer? I think we need to relearn that, rethink that. The whole concept, I think, has become just so religious, as, as has fellowship, you know, what the whole concept of church is, and our view of scripture, and our view of worship, and our view of ministry, and evangelism. We all have, you know, in a lot of ways by experience, whatever church you grew up in, you either love it or hate it. And that's fine. Either way is fine. Until God starts putting his finger on it. And he starts going, that's not me. And I need you to let go of it. Let me teach you what fellowship truly is. Let me teach you how to meet, how to engage with other believers, how to learn, how to minister, how to evangelize. Evangelism is real easy. But we'll get into that some other time. But the whole point is, his ways are not our ways. And there's only one way to know his ways, and that's through the way, the truth the life through Christ, through what he has done and is doing in our lives on a day-to-day basis. So getting back to the supernatural realm, the supernatural manifestations, let's just start by asking the Lord. Okay, start right now. If you are confident and have asked him, and if not, just go back, back and ask him, Lord, is this for me at this time? Now, one of the reasons this is important is because we don't know what kind of an experience you're going to have. And he's free. We're going to let him have the freedom to manifest himself, manifest the supernatural realm, do whatever he wants. We're going to give him permission to do whatever he wants. And we don't know what that's going to be. So if we have the confidence that we have asked him Lord, is this for me to do now? And he has said yes. And then we ask, Lord, is that you? And sometimes you have to go through that a couple times. Lord, he may say yes, and then may feel, okay, it just doesn't sound like him. So, Lord, is that you? And then you may get no, or the opposite. No, this is not for you. Lord, is that you? Yes. If he says, this is for you now, and especially if he says how much time to spend each week or however it works out for you every day or every month, whatever it works out for you, be practical, be objective. This is not, you know, oh, I think I've experienced something. Oh, I think there's, that's supernatural. I think that happened. No, this is, we're going to be very brutally objective. 
and we'll talk about some of the things that we want to make sure we understand to, that are not supernatural manifestations. There are merely something that have been passed down through the church. This is especially when it comes to things like fleecing. You know, or if God wants me to do something, he'll have, you know, the phone ring and it will be my, you know, sister calling, whatever. Those, that's not, that's not guidance. So when we talk about God making himself known to us, let him make himself known in whatever way he wants. And if he has said, yes, this is for you, you can then have the confidence that whatever happens, it's a teaching opportunity, a training opportunity for you. Then you don't have to be concerned about, you know, um, making a mistake or not understanding or, you know, one of the big fears we all have is we're going to get into a situation we don't know how to handle. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be cool? Because guess what? He does. He does know how to handle everything. And I assure you that if you pursue this path of having your, your soul transformed and conformed into your spirit, joining unto God, he will put you into situations that you don't know how to handle. So he can show you how he handles things. He loves to have fun. He loves to show up and show off. He is not stodgy. He is not He is not particular about what we think. He has fun. He's got a great sense of humor. He's got a, a great personality. He is not trying to catch us or trip trip us up. He's not not he's not out there saying, "Oh, I'm going to test you and show you where you failed. No, he's, he's excited about this, the, the path you're on. He's excited about where he wants to lead you and where he wants to heal you and the, the conforming he wants to do in us because he loves us. That's who he is. It's not because he needs us in order to achieve something. Now, he gives us opportunities. You know, and the more odds are really good, not guaranteed, but odds are the more time you spend with him, the more opportunities you will find popping up in your life to share what the Lord is doing, whether you're aware of it or not. And when we start experiencing in the supernatural realm what's going on in the supernatural realm especially in the spiritual realm, and we start having an impact in the supernatural realm and the natural realm, we are going to be just sometimes really shocked at how little we have settled for. You know, I love it when Jesus was walking around with his disciples. He said, speak to that mountain and cast it into the sea. He didn't say, Pray to me to do that. He said, you pray, you speak to that mountain, that it be cast into the sea. These are things, and they weren't even 
believers. They weren't even born-again, spirit-filled believers. There were no Christians when Jesus was walking around. Nobody had been born again. Nobody had been re-spirited. And yet the demons, you know, fled before them. And, you know, the, well, won't go start going through the whole examples. We will eventually, but just understand we have settled for so little and been blinded to the joy and the peace and the power and authority that God wants us to be experiencing now. And it's not about what your leader has believed and is teaching you. It's not about what your, your past has led you to believe. It's about what do you want now? That might be something to ask. Ask yourself, what do you what are you expecting? What do you want from God right now? If he was sitting right there in front of you, which he is, he said, ask of me whatever you want, what would you say? Do you want to say one thing or three things, whatever? Lord, this is what I really want from our relationship. This is what I really want from you. If Lord, if you just told me this, answered this one question, what is it? What is it that... What is it that you want Christianity to be? What do you want your life to be? What do you want your relationship with him to be? Remember, he gives you those needs. He gives you the desires of your hearts. He doesn't fulfill those desires right away, but he gives them to you because they draw you to him. He puts those desires in your heart to draw you to him. He gives you those needs so you will go to him to have them met. So again, spend some more time with the Lord. Just, you know, ask if there's any, you know, anything else that needs to be dealt with before we start getting into, okay, the, the some specifics, we're not going to get too deep, but some specifics about supernatural manifestations and how to ask for them and how to experience them. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainer's Radio. Have a great night.